Well, I want to thank God and thank Pastor Anthony and all of you for giving me this opportunity to share the Word of God with all of you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we commit this service into your hand. I pray, God, that you touch our ears, that our ears will be sensitive to your voice. Prepare our hearts, Lord, that our hearts will be receptive. As your Son come before you, Father, I pray, God, that you hide me behind the cross, so that whatever that is said and done, only your name, Lord, the name of Jesus, will be glorified. I thank you and I bless you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. With COVID-19 pandemic, many things are uncertain. And many things have changed. The way we communicate, the way we do businesses, countries, societies, even our livelihood have changed. But as Christians, we know something that will never change. God will never change. God said, I'm God and I change not. Second, the word of God never changed. Everything may fade away, but the word of God will last forever. The word of God will stand like solid rock that we can trust upon. Third thing, the love of God never changed. In the Bible, it says His love endures forever. And the fourth thing, to generations, salvation only can be found in one name. And you and I, we are saved through that name. The mighty name of Jesus that is above all name. To this situation, COVID-19 situation, that we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. But you and I know who holds tomorrow. So we always must fix our eyes upon Jehovah, the great I am. That He is the King of glory. Almighty God, mighty in battle. When we face this situation, we must trust, obey God, so that in this difficult time, God can see us through, because the battle belongs to the Lord. So once again, we thank God for technology, that we can still worship God and listen to His Word. Wherever you are right now, whether you are in your living room or in your room, God is right there with all of us, with you. Because God said, when the people of God worship God, I will come and dwell in the places of my people. So I pray that the word, that the presence of God will be with you. Well, before I start to share, before I start sharing today's message, uh, let me share a joke with all of you. There was once a pastor and a bus driver. Both of them, they died and they went to heaven. At the gate of heaven, the angel, angel Graber was there to receive them. And so every one of them will have a basket. And this, this uh, bus driver was in front of the pastor. And the bus driver received a lot of prizes, a lot of presents. And the pastor was thinking to himself, the pastor said, if this bus driver receives so many presents, I will receive much more. Because the senior pastor know about this bus driver. This bus driver is very impatient, always lose his cool. And you know, even red light, he will just drive across, uh, drive through the red light. And every children are so afraid of him because he is called vulgarity. He's very, very loud. And even the parents of the children. So this pastor knew about this driver character and attitude. And so he said, if this, this uh, driver receives so many presents, I will receive more. And so when he's done, so the angel of God looked at him and said, what's your name? He said, I'm pastor so and so. And so when the angels of God went to the to uh, uh, a room and came out only with 
two present. And the senior pastor was surprised. He said, cannot be. You must have, uh, it, it must be a mistake. Can you please go and check? The angels of God went back again and checked and said, yeah, it's written. You get, you got only two presents. And so the senior pastor said, please, he please plead to the, to the angel and say, can you please go and check again? So the angels of God came back. He said, it's definite. You are, you only have two presents. And so the, the pastor said, it cannot be. And so the angel answered him. You know, when you are on the earth, whatever you do, you have to see your result. Likewise, in heaven is the same thing. You know, when the driver drive, everybody was praying. I mean, you preach, everybody was sleeping. And so, uh, my brothers and sisters, tell the person next to you, please don't sleep because you sleep where pastor go to heaven, nothing, you know. And so, praise God, you know, I want to share today with all of you about spiritual fatherhood. I want to use the life of Noah to talk to you about spiritual fatherhood. I entitled my message, Spiritual Fatherhood 4 plus 2. 4 plus 2 is four characteristics and two virtues of a spiritual fatherhood. So I'm going to use Genesis chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8. In these three chapters, there's these uh, four areas, four things that we have to take note. It is about man's sin. And the second thing is about the flood. It's also about God asking Noah to build the Noah ark. And also about Noah's family. Let's learn how Noah's family was saved, protected by God. And how this family experienced the promises of God that flow from generation to generation. If you have the Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 to verse 8. This is what it says. That God saw the great wickedness of human race had become on this earth. And that every inclination of their thoughts of a human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that He had made human beings on this earth. His heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe then from the surface of this earth, the human race that I have created, we all, with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regretted that I had made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of God. As you read now verse 9, you say, Noah was found righteous. So as we read chapter 7, God began to reveal to Noah and ask Noah to build an ark. And God tell Noah, I'm going to send a flood, a flood that will wipe out the entire earth. And so the, when the earth was complete, God asked Noah to bring a pair of each animal and also her, his whole family into the ark. When the door was closed, when God opened the floodgate of heaven, it rains 40 days and 40 nights. In chapter 8, we begin to see that the water resided. And no one in the family was safe. And when they came out of the ark, I want you all to take note in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 21. He said, Then Noah built an ark to the Lord and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offering on it. So the first thing that Noah came out of the ark is that Noah worshiped God. 
Noah placed God first in everything that he do. And so here we can learn. We can learn. First and foremost, before even we talk further, we have to have the right perspective about church. It is not just an organization or a religious gathering or etc. Through the cross, men are reconciled with the Creator. Emmanuel, God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Now God is our Heavenly Father. We are His sons and daughters of the Most High God. And so, as we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, we are joined into a family. It's not joined to an organization, a family of God. And that is why we address each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is where it is very important as spiritual parents, as pastors, spiritual father of the, of the church, as leaders, we have to know that it is not an organization. It is a church family. And so we are spiritual leaders of church family, shepherd of the sheep that God has placed upon our hand. And when we see this as a family, your approach and my approach to our job will be very different. It is no more a job, but a service of love because God is love. So fatherhood 4 plus 2. I'm going to use six Ps to talk about these four characteristics and two virtues. And so the first P is a person who knows God. A spiritual parent, a spiritual leader must be a person that knows God. Noah was found righteous, blameless among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 said that. And so, if no one is found righteous before God, a righteous man doesn't mean he's a perfect man. God sees us righteous not because we are perfect. It is because what Jesus had did at the cross. It is His shed blood that we are cleansed and made righteous and holy before God. And so, it is what Jesus had done. In fact, God never expects you and me to be perfect. But God expects us to be real. To be real. A man that fear God. A man that hear and obey God. A man that is real. And so one time a son and a pastor. The son grew up in the church. And after when he, he was like 22 years old, he left the church. And so his friend said, You have been church all your life. Why now you never attend church? Is God not real? Then the son replied, he said, definitely God is real, but my father is not real. Wow. You know, likewise, non-believer, they know there is a God. They know God is real, but sometimes the church is not real. And we all know, very few people read the Bible, but many people read your life and my life. In the church, Especially we are leaders who teach the congregation. Our behavior must be the same in the public and in private. So that when people look at our life, we are able to be role models. We are able to be real to them. And this is very important. And that is why as spiritual father, as spiritual leaders, we have great responsibility. We are not just running a business or organization. We are leaders that are supposed to lead guide, and also equip 
our people to be disciples of God. And as a leader, it's not like the world leader. They will tell you what to do, you do it. We, we give them a, a, a finger pointing. We score them. We, it is a top-down thing. But God never expects us to be a dominant leader. But God wants us to learn from Jesus to have the fruit of the Spirit that we will be a loving leader. A leader that provides, that protects. A leader that able to give our hand to lead, not our finger. And to lay down our life for our sheep. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to verse 9. It says, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love your God, your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them about when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on their hands and bind them on their foreheads. Write them on the door frame of your houses and on your gates. So a father is a person that know God, fear God, so that he is able to teach unto the children the love of God that he received from God himself. And bringing up the members of the church with discipline and instruction that come from the Lord. The value and the principle, not according to the world, but according to the Bible, according to the Word of God. So when Noah told the people about God is going to send the flood, nobody believed except his family. I believe that the children believe in the Father, not because the Father says so, but they saw and experienced how the Father lived a godly life. Definitely, I believe that Noah taught the children but the most important thing, I believe that he modeled for the children to follow God. For the children to follow God. During that time, the children of Noah faced significant decision. They live in the world where everybody disregarded God. Weakness was a norm. Nobody would have condemned Noah's children for living evil lives like the rest of the society except the father. Except the Father. So in the world, with all this ungodly attitude, every form of wicked behavior, they were fortunate to be Noah's son. Likewise, our member should be fortunate that they found a church that they are able to lead them, to guide them the ways of the Lord. So when the Father invited them to spend the next hundred years together to build the art of God, you know, in their obedience, they choose to follow Noah rather than to follow the people of the world. So likewise, I pray that the leaders, as the leaders of the church, uh, the church family, even the fathers of families and Christians who are ministers of the gospel, that we need to know God and fear God. And through our lifestyle, that we may influence our children like Noah influenced his children. That they are able to choose the right and make the right choice and walk the way of God. Second P is a person that provides. We must be a person that provides. 
Genesis chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. It said that I'm going to bring flood water on the earth to destroy all the life under the heaven, every creature that had breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you. When you enter the ark, you and your sons, your wives, and your son's wife with you. God had made a covenant with Noah. And when they go in, we know that it rained 40 days, 40 nights. But all of them, 40 days, 40 nights, they have food to eat. Because Noah already prepared everything. Just like we are created in the image of God. God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And so as a spiritual father, as a spiritual leader of, of the family of God, then we have to provide. We have to provide. Most important, this world, there's a lack of love. I have been ministering to young offenders. And many times, all this youth problem, one of the common, common problem that they face is that they find no love in the family. And so, many fathers love their children, but each one of us, we have different perspectives about love. Sometimes we thought that I provide food on the table, give you education, uh, bring you for tour, and you know, you have a house, a room to sleep. That's my responsibility. I have, I provided everything. I should be a good father. Yes, you know, we have, you are a good father, but more than that, as a spiritual father, we not only provide our, our member physical need, but their emotional, their spiritual need. We need to also equip them and train them so that they can become disciples of God. It is not just providing them a good Sunday service, but providing them training, equipping, and also showing them through our lifestyle, holding their hand so that we will walk together and teach them the ways of God. To provide is one thing, to model is another thing. That is why it is so important that we have to set a good example. A good example. So there's a saying, if you want to talk the talk, you make sure that you walk the talk. And so our example is very, very important. The third P is that we must be a person, a protector. A protector. When the flood came and destroyed the whole earth, no one not only provided, but the whole family was safe protected from the flood. And so protecting our member from the scheme of the evil one. Every day in life, they, they face the storm of life, temptation, deception of the evil one because the devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And so sometimes, you know, we are, we are fearful because of the standard of the world, how the world look at us. But you know, when you watch movies, when a father or family face danger, you will never see a father hide behind a child. Definitely, no matter how fearful, or the father don't even have the courage. But at that time, at that moment, the father will stand in between the danger and the children. Likewise, we as spiritual leader, whatever the world say, or whatever the world throw at us, at our children, or at our ourselves, that we need to have that bonus, the courage to stand. And my brothers and sisters, God has imputed in us, has given us 
that God is Jehovah Nisi, God our banner, God Almighty, He's ready for battle. And God also gives us that, that imputed in us that type of courage. That type of courage. So in time, when we need to stand up to protect our family, then we need to stand up in the truth. We need to stand on the truth so that the truth will set our children free. Regardless of whether people are happy with our life or people are angry with us, we need to stand in the truth. And so no matter how uncomfortable or fearful we are, that there will be times that we need to stand up to protect our children by speaking the truth and standing firm in the Word of God. So the fourth thing is that when we provide them, when we protect them, but at the same time, all this must be done through prayer. So the fourth point, the fourth P, is that the person must be a priest. God has called us to be a priest. And that is where God said that we are royal priesthood. So just now as I read Genesis chapter 8, the first thing that Noah did, verse 20, he came out, built an altar, sacrificed animal to worship God. This is the job of a priest. So spiritual parents, leaders of church, family, we are also called to be a priest. As I say, we are royal priesthood. And so we not only bring our children with discipline and instruction from God, but at the same time, we have to stand in the gap to pray for them. Not only telling them, not only leading them, but we have to come into prayer. Come into the presence of God to pray. It's like, you know, one hand holding God, another hand holding our children. That we hear from the God, we speak to our children. We see the ways of God. We lead our children the way of the Lord. We receive the blessing of the Lord that it will overflow to our children, not only to them, but to the third and the fourth generation. So the job of a priest is to communicate with God, to hear from God and to tell the people. Likewise, a spiritual father must always also be a priest for the church that you must be a prayerful spiritual father. And so as I say, spiritual father, four plus two, four characteristics, a person that knows God, a provider, a protector, a priest. And this brings me to the second part where the two virtues, the fifth P and the sixth P. The fifth P is that a priest, two virtue of a priest, a priest must be prayerful. As a priest, you need to pray to teach, to guide the church members and help the church to be a church of prayer. Because Jesus said, my father's house is a house of prayer. It's a house of prayer. So the church is able to stand between the gap. The community and the church, the society and the church. And as a family, we have to be the father they stand in the gap for our children. That we bring our petition, their needs, their petition, our requests, all to God. But at the same time, it is very important. A priest's job is to hear from God so that they can tell the children and teach on to the children. And even better, if we can teach our children to hear from God. And that is the job that we have to even teach our children. 
Many times we think that the most dangerous thing is sin. I want to tell you, it is not the most dangerous thing. The most dangerous thing in a church family is lack of prayer. It's lack of prayer. Because Jesus said, my father's house is a house of prayer. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, he said, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, pray, pray and seek my face. I will turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open. My ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Yes, sin is dangerous. But when we pray, God is able to cleanse us, forgive us our sin and even heal us. But if we don't pray, that's the danger. That's the danger. So when we pray, not only we can bring healing. Jesus taught the disciple, pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In another word, through our prayer, we can bring heaven onto earth. We can walk in the presence with the authority of the kingdom of God. They're able to set captives free. They're able to make sure that our children are protected. So my brothers and sisters, it is very, very important that your walk with God and your leading, you know, the people of God, it plays a very important part because it is very essential and vital. Your example, your ways of life will determine what type of legacy that you're going to leave behind. What type of legacy you're going to leave behind. So all the leaders and even fathers of family, I know we are very busy and we always say we have no time. But I want to tell you one thing. You can't afford not to pray. You can give up many things, but you can't afford not to pray. Because the devil is not worried that you work hard. Even you earn a lot of money, run a big business, a big church building, and now, well, we have all the wealth. That will not assure you that the blessing will flow to the next generation. One thing that will assure us that our blessing, whatever we achieve, that it, the blessing will flow to the third and the fourth generation when you pray. When you pray, when you teach, and when you guide, and when you show the example for this generation to follow, just like Noah's children, how Noah led the children, that they are able to make wise decisions and decided to obey God. So Father who is standing, interceding and praying and fighting for your children, this is one of the things that you got to do. Because the world, you know, in 1 John 5, 19, he said the world is under the control of the evil one. We know he is the father of deception. We got to stand in the gap. And when we fight the battle, we got to fight the battle, first of all, in the prayer room. In the prayer room, I always tell my brothers all, before we fight the battle in the battlefield, we better fight the battle in the prayer room. So that when we go to the battlefield, the battle belongs to God. Not by mind, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. That is so important. So the second virtue of a priest is prophetic. Spiritual father and leaders, you need to prophesy. And when we talk about the word prophesy, it seems to be a, a gigantic word, you know, a word. 
that people are so fearful. Wow, prophesies is only meant for all the, the spiritual giant. No, it's very prophecy, prophesying the word of God. When you pray, you believe in the word of God, you pray the word of God over your children, over the members, right? This is called you prophesize the word of God. You speak the word of God. You know, in this world, nobody will speak the word of God or the promises of the word of God over the members of the church or your children. You are supposed to be the priest that prophesies the word of God, believing in what you pray. So we need to speak and believe that God has great plan for the church family. Plan to prosper and not to harm us. Plan to give us a hope and a future. Likewise for our children, for our member, that every day we pray for them. And we pray that God will send His angels, like Psalm 91 says, to send His angels to protect them. No harm will ever reach them. I want to show you a picture before and after. Look at this picture. The first picture you see, all these guys. Well, you look at their life. You know, especially the corner guy. He looked like a zombie, you know. But when God asked me this time round to start the new Caris which I've been in this ministry for the past 27 years, started the high point and 15 years ago started the new Caris mission. God spoke to me very clearly. God said one of the components that's missing in the halfway house is discipleship. But when I look at these people, as you look at the picture, how possible this can be? I myself, an ex-offender, I went in and out of prison nine times. And to quit drug, it is already an impossible task. But God said, I want you to equip them, train them, send them back to the prison as counselor, send them to the school as mentor, as trainer. I said, God, how possible this can be? And so one day, you know, with my little faith, you know, I couldn't see that all this would become possible. But God showed me in Ezekiel, the valley of dry bones. And you know what Ezekiel said? God asked Ezekiel, can this dry bone be alive? Ezekiel said that God, if you want them to be alive, they can be alive. God said you prophesy. So likewise, I go to the prison to prophesy. Right now, look at the second picture. You look at them. Their life was totally transformed. You, know, you can't even tell. Like the first picture, the guy looked like a zombie. Right now, he's married with two children. And I can show you a picture. They have settled down. They have children and a blessed family. My brothers and sisters, in closing, you know, when I married, my wedding ring, you know, it, we wrote the word on our wedding ring, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15b. Me and my, me and my household were served the Lord all the way. All the way. And so, you know, my children, as they, we send them to learn during young, young time, they learn a lot of musical instrument. And we tell them that when you learn all this is to worship God. It's not to be a musician of the world or, or a singer of the world. And so likewise, you know, I have a daughter and a, uh, and a son. And both of them are in the university right now. My daughter last year in NUS and my son just first year in SMU doing uh, business. And I'm not that worried with my daughter. My daughter grew up in the church. He's very active in this, uh, in the church activities, in cell group. If, in fact, right now, He's one of the youth leaders in worship and also leading cell group. But my son, neither cold nor hot. He still attended, attend services and all. But during JC, I was quite, you know, uh, worried for him. But during JC, he took, uh, uh, O-level, he took uh, a music and he did very well. 
And so after JC, instead of thinking going to university, he wanted to go to other country to even pursue uh, music. And I was quite worried because at that time he hear all those worldly songs and he tried to compose those type of worldly songs. So I reminded him again. I said, Daryl, remember, whatever that you have learned is to worship God. And so as you say, but he still lived the same, you know, listening to all this. But in that, in that situation, I need to be like a priest. I need to, to stand in the gap for him. I got, I, I fight for my son. I fight that he will not be deceived by the devil. I fight, I remember, I tell God, God, me and my family will serve you. And I began to fight and began to believe in God. One day my son came back and I, his, his, there's tears in his eyes. He said, that pastor said that we got to spend more time and get busy with the father's business. So he tell me, Dad, can you pray for me? I don't want to waste any more time playing those games and listen to all those songs. I want to get busy with my father's business. And in my heart, I say, wow, you don't know what you're asking. I was so excited. I lay hand and pray for him. And from that day onward, his life began to turn around. Bit by bit, I see changes. He began to, in the room, just take a guitar, just worshiping God. I can see his cry towards God. And he wrote love letters to God. And today he's a worshiper. He's a worshiper. He gets so active, also an active member in the cell group. Let me show you some picture. You see the picture? My daughter is leading a youth conference. The second picture I show you. My son, some churches, because I go to churches and preach, the churches will ask him to lead, to lead worship. But the most amazing thing, one day when I was preaching in Battle Assembly of God, you look at the picture. My son was in uh, playing uh, the keyboard. My daughter is leading worship. My wife is playing the guitar. And I was preaching that day. Our whole family. As we write Joshua 24, verse 15b, me and my household will serve the Lord all the days of our life. So to all the leaders, to all the fathers of family, God had given us all the resources that we need to live a life, to have these four characteristics and two virtues. A spiritual fatherhood, four plus two. In closing, I want just to tell all the children and all the members of the church, please honor your pastor, honor your leader, obey them because they have great responsibility to take care of the family, the church family, to take care of you and the next generation. So God bless all of you. Can I pray for you? Let us bow our head and close our eyes right now. Hallelujah. You know, right now, some of you may hear the word of God and, and in your heart, you just felt that, you, yes, I need to be that kind of leaders. Need to be that kind of Christian that I will always put God first. And I will be a prayerful person that will stand in the gap. Be a spiritual father, four plus two. Spiritual fatherhood, four plus two. That I will always protect my family. If this is your prayer, that the cry or the prayer of your heart, I just want to encourage you. By the count of three, I want you to lift up your hands so that I can pray for you. So ready? One, two, three. 
You know, I'm not there. I don't know whether you raise up your hand, but God knows. And let me pray for all of you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, you saw all those hands. Father, we want and come before you, we acknowledge, Father, that God, we are lack of many things, including myself, God. But God, we view, Lord, we are not, we are not lack of anything, God. We can be more than the conqueror. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name, today let your word go deep into our hearts so that as we, Lord, serve in your ministry, as leaders, Lord, that God, this ministry is just not an organization. This is a family ministry. And Father, I pray, God, that you will continue, Father, to help us. So I pray today, let your word go deep. Holy Spirit, every morning, let there be a song for us to praise you. That our ears will be sensitive that we are in the world and not of the world, God. So that everywhere we go, in word or in deed, Lord, your name may be glorified. I thank you and I bless you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Thank you so much and God bless all of you.